1: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. And get ready today to be inspired. How lovely would it be to always feel that you're protected, safe, loved, and that everything is unfolding to support you? There wouldn't be any worry, anger, frustration, misery, guilt, shame, or any of the other negative emotions, suffering, and mind loops that disturb your sense of peace, gratitude, success, wonder, and love. Having a permanent, ultimate safety net is a delicious concept and one that you can have right now. That's the message and the method in today's special guest, Dr. Nancy Wiley's gem of a book, Divine Trust. A Practical Guide to End Suffering and Find Your Way Home. And we're going to elaborate on that. Um, Nancy was a, um, an orthodontist who has now committed her life to, um, to, this, to, to teaching people this kind of concept. Good morning, Nancy. Welcome. Good morning, Randy,
0: and thank you for having me on your show and for having a show like this. It's so, so needed right now. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I love what you're doing, and it's making a difference.
1: Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's so important. It really is. It's so important. Um, <clears throat> okay, so well, let's just, let. why don't we just start with you giving us a background on who you are and how mm. you change into what you're doing now.
0: Ah. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it's a bit of a long story. I'm going to try to keep it as succinct as possible. Um, you know, a ra- I was raised with, you know, you go to school, you develop, you, you take all of what you have and you develop it to the max. So... Um, I think I my, my mom told me I had a um, an IQ of 147. I wanted to be a horse trainer, but she told me <laughs> you're too smart for that. You've got to develop yourself. So, I instead went down the path of um, going. I became an orthodontist. So, I first got a master's in nutrition, um, did some research at Johns Hopkins, all the 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 things to to build your mind. I asked six advanced degrees or certifications, three from Columbia University. So that is what I call, and it became very clear after I'm going to explain how, you know, I I see two ways of living on this planet. One is to develop um, your left brain, learn all the scientific, what you can prove through your five human senses. If you can prove it, it's real. If you can't, it's not And at the same time, when I was about 16, my mom took me to learn Transcendental Meditation because she thought I was too intense. All I would do was study. I would spend my Friday nights, Saturday nights. My sister was out partying. She thought something was wrong with me. Why was I staying home studying? Well, I was on this quest to be all I could be. So she took me to learn Transcendental Meditation, which started me maybe on the path, at least opened me up a, a bit to using my right brain or my consciousness. I didn't realize that at the time, she just thought it was for stress release, and there's all kinds of scientific proof about that. So um, she also gave me a book, a friend of hers gave me a book. It's called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy, maybe when I was about 17. And then when I it was about twenty, wrote um, a, a book called um, "The Autobiography of a Yogi" by um, Paramahansa Yogananda, which
1: mm-hmm. is I have that book on my book line <laughs> broadening yeah, and right, um,
0: right. opening. Mm-hmm.
1: So those two things kind of left me to like
0: have this. Duality in the world, like the if you couldn't see it, prove it it wasn't real, and this other world that was just so magical and mystical. So then, as time goes on, when you're in your teens, twenties, thirties, you're really all about settling into um, your life, what you're going to be, your education, your family, getting married, children, blah blah blah, all of that, and you don't really have time to devote to this type of thing, but. Still, I was having more and more experiences opening up for me, which made me more curious, more and more curious. And so um, I tried all kinds of different meditations thinking like if what was told about in Autobiography of a Yogi was real, I thought that would be magic. That would be the epitome um, of living life as a human being. So in 2008, because I, I wasn't getting any any real results from transcendental meditation, which I did for about 25 years. I switched to holosync meditation, um, which is this brainwave, like using science to achieve enlightenment. I really, I did that for eight years. No real changes, no movement on the needle. And then in 2008, I found this wonderful teacher who did guided meditation, which is something different than I was used to. And her name was Jetta Molly. Oh, my God. She was fantastic. And almost from the very first meditation, I started to have fireworks and all kinds of amazing meditative experiences. And then I stayed with her ever since, studying with her, mentoring with her, and um, really having peak spiritual experiences and ultimately navigating my whole entire inner world and being able to see everything in the light and welcome well this is the most important thing. welcome everything, deal with everything in my whole life and in my inner world and thus in my outer world now that doesn 't happen overnight since i 've been with her since two thousand and eight, but it made me realize that I no longer suffered not no, no matter what happened so um in January of 2018, my mom passed away, and her service was actually five days before the Marjory Stoneman Douglas shooting. My my orthodontic practice is about a mile was about a mile and a half from Marjory Stoneman Douglas High School, which was in Parkland, where that shooting was. And five days later, I'm in my clinic, and a mom standing next to me exclaims, "She had an app on her phone. There's an active shooter at Douglas," and we all went. <gasps> When we breathed out, all I can tell you is mayhem broke, broke loose. We heard helicopters and sirens and all these parents were trying to get to their teens and they just, there was like 30 abandoned cars along my roadway home um, where parents just, they created gridlock trying to get to their teens, just put their cars on the sidewalk and walk the rest of the way hoping to make sure their teens were safe. Well, we were getting, you know, other things that I just can't go into. They're just so um, unbelievable and, and atrocious. But we found out by 5 o'clock the next morning that I had lost a patient and one of my staff lost her sister. And moreover, the whole community was really beyond. They were having post-traumatic stress. They were in shock. And no one really came to the office for about six weeks after this, the whole community, whether they knew anyone or not. I mean, we were all suffering. And it took me about five days okay, before this, like my mom just passed away. And I remember thinking, well, I'm handling this so well compared to my dad and my brother and my sister because I see beyond the veil and I see all these things that are, we think and our human mind are happening really aren't it's not what we're thinking it's this beyond this glimpse beyond the veil of knowing what's happening so the shooting happens and i too was like wow i got really out of sorts so i said i got to get i got to get back to that spot so about 5 days into it after the shooting i went into a deep meditative experience like it was I I imagine it was about two hours long. And when I came out of it, I had specific answers as to why this happened and that everything serves the light. Even the darkness serves the light. And ultimately, the light prevails, and it's to bring about a change in humanity. We're not going to change unless we're forced to come to grips with what we're doing isn't working any longer. So I feel like humanity is on this brink of a shift into a new way of being. Like we're literally up-leveling and changing and transforming and evolving. And events just like this are meant to be the pivotal point for that to happen. It's just how do you teach that? How do you stand in that? How do you bring that out? without sounding like a crazy person. And so um, what happened next was my back, same time, January, my back started giving me major issues. And I loved being an orthodontist. I loved making beautiful smiles and helping that way and having one-on-one relationships with each of my patients and knowing about them, their, their life, what they're interested in. I just loved that. But it felt like it was no longer enough And my back issues, I'm like, I I live this, right? I'm like, okay, this isn't ultimately a bad thing. It's to push me out to do something else. I'm not sure what. I had like little bubblings inside but had no clue what it was. So I put my practice up for sale. It sold sold so quickly. And um, I transitioned it to the new doctor who I just loved. I mean, it was just all a win-win-win. And... I remember walking out of that saying, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I have no clue. I am using every bit of this book of divine trust to just walk out and trust that there's something I'm supposed to do. This is most incredible. So four days after my last day, I actually had rented a a beach um, condominium in New Smyrna Beach, one of my favorite places in Florida. I just love it. And I planned it with a spiritual retreat in in a beautiful group I'm in. It's a year-long program called Year, Year of Miracles. And every year we have a four-day retreat. So four days after I leave my practice, I go to this condo I've rented and I start this spiritual retreat. And my intention was my next divine assignment revealed to me. And it was with... No, no support, no obvious what the next step is. I just stepped out in trust, knowing with every ounce of my being that I trust the source. It's all goodness. It's all love and everything, even my back, which I didn't think was like such a great thing, but I knew something good was going to come out of it. So it's like reframing all the things that are, are mind labels as negative as, as Something good is going to come out of it. I don't know what. So on the first day of the retreat, we're in a meditative process, and I literally heard, you're going to write a book on trust. We've been teaching you this. And I remember saying to myself, to this whatever it was that was talking to me, I mean, I know what it was, but for your listeners, um, I said, I'm a scientist. Writing is my weakest point. Why would you choose me to do this? That's my weakest point. And I was actually arguing with it. So day two, another process. And it was like a meditation. And I heard, you know, you embody trust. We've been working with you for the last, you know, what, ten years. You embody it, and you're going to write a book on trust. So... On the second day of hearing this, I said to myself and to it, I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I will sit with this. I will contemplate this. I will meditate about this. The third day of the retreat, which was a four-day retreat, I heard nothing. But when you're in this state, you don't, like, say, oh, I'm abandoned. No, you just say, okay, I trust that whatever's meant to unfold is going to unfold. And I'm open to writing this book. On the fourth day in another meditative process with a different, you know, teacher or whoever that was giving the process, I heard you're going to write a book on trust. Here's your outline. Get up and write it down. So I wrote the, the outline down and the book actually wrote itself in five days after that. It's like about a month after that. There was something else that kind of interrupted it but was meant to be that way. And so That's what the book is about. How do you embody this trust? How do you work with it to live a life that's magical, beautiful, delicious, and nurturing?
1: And that's that's what I'm about. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Okay. (laughs) What a great, great story, Nancy. Wow. What a great story. Um, Yeah, I remember um, I was telling you before we went on air that – I owned a business near the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, and um, and I remember that day as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it 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 really did shake the entire community. It shook my staff. We had several clients who um, had connections there, had children there. It was really mm-hmm. um, quite quite um, a hard thing. But the message that you're giving us today mm-hmm. is that. And like you said earlier, that this is coming from a benevolent place, not a malevolent place. Absolutely. And, and this is um, a very hard concept for people to grasp. Um, and if, if you don't have a spiritual belief or spiritual foundation that allows you to understand that there's more than what you see, that we have a complete support system around us. Um, it's very, very easy to fall into a victimization kind of situation and wonder why we're being punished. So what do you say to people um, about this? What is your message about how to see this, turn this around and see this in a different way? Oh, this is like the most this is the root of everything, Randy. So,
0: first of all, what I'm being shown is we, we, need, we need people who can walk the walk and be the example for others because it is a hard concept to, um, to grasp. And I don't know if I, if I would have seen it if I did not have the light shown to me. And this is where I'm there to show the light. When you know someone who is so certain that has these most amazing experiences that can prove to you without a doubt who actually emanates this energy out of them for everyone to see and feel, that is what is needed right now, this certainty. We need people who are certain. And, that's where I come in because of my unshakable certainty. Now, do I ever fall back? Yes, absolutely. I'm human. I, I am. And I'm here to say, you know, it took me years to find the path. But once, once we find the path and we, we're certain of our light and of everyone else's light, we all are the same. And we understand the fabric. It's our welcomed responsibility to teach it and those who are ready are going to hear it and those who are ready are not ready are going to turn away and suffer and so this is the pivotal point each one of us has the choice are we going to suffer or are we going to look to a different way And that's where people like me, people like you, we're here to be the examples, to hold our light, to stand steady and firmly in this way of being so it emanates out of us and other people can vibrate it. It's all a vibration. And when my vibration and your vibration is so strong, it emanates out and actually causes the vibration of others to come in alignment with it. Now, There can be, you can say, the darkness or the the negativity. There are people that hold that, but it does not stand up in the light of this emanation, which I'm speaking of. It actually, what I hold, melts that completely in its tracks. And when I stand on my two feet with such certainty, this emanation goes out and actually will make a difference. I mean, I feel it right now, what's happening, what these words going out into the airwaves are making a difference right now right this second what i'm saying and it's going out it's making a difference and that is what we're here to do is to stand here in firmly in this vibration in this light and hold it for others to see i hope that answers your question but
1: not everybody's going to well. get it right but I, think, I i completely agree with you i mean there's, you know, it appears that there's so much darkness in the world now, and people get very caught up in it, and they get very doomsdayish, and you know. And I always say, light always extinguishes darkness. And what I see in in my work, and in my personal work, and also the podcast that I've been doing for over eleven years, is that there are so many light workers that are rising up. There are so many people shining their light to extinguish the darkness that um, light will win. It will win. But it's very difficult to see that in the midst of craziness that is Mm -hmm. happening happening. in in our physical experience. Mm. And all of that craziness is exactly there to
0: ask us. Do we want to continue on this path? Yes or no? I mean, we all have choices. I've chosen my path. If the answer is I stand for light, I stand for goodness and love. Yes, there is craziness out there, and there's a lot of darkness on the planet right now. It seems like there's this huge juxtaposition, like as more light workers come online, so do more darkness. (laughs) People that stand for the dark, but light. Always triumphs and the dark Serves the light ultimately There's only one way we're moving And that's to towards More expansion and goodness And wholeness and being More like the perfection of The creator and Although we're here on this Earth plane with time Space really there's no Perfection there's Perfection in imperfection And Seeing that and Making that okay is where it all starts. The imperfections are really, and to be held as a gift that they are for each one of us, each, each one of us, you know, who feels we're imperfect or we've had a, um, a negative way of being. And, and I want to segue into, into, remember I was explaining like the scientific mind, the left brain versus the
1: consciousness.
0: Yes. So when you're in your mind, you are looking to analyze things, categorize things, label things, find out what's lacking, missing, or wrong, and also if you're blaming, shaming, or complaining, you're in your mind. Finding fault, pointing fingers, mind. Consciousness is perfection, is wholeness. All things are beautiful just the way they are. You can't even label things when you're in that state, and All imperfections are perfect and beautiful. And just everything melts under this exquisite light and knowledge and sacred way of being. And then the mind actually becomes the divine tool for what it was meant to do. It's no longer something labeling, shaming, blaming, complaining, finding fault. It's finding perfection and beauty and
1: seeing goodness.
0: And all, and that is what I'm here to teach. Now, okay, that is almost necessarily taught through meditation or a direct experience in the present moment. So also when you're in your mind, you're usually in the past or worried about what's going to happen in the future, but you're not in the present moment. Where this comes from, where our all power is, is in the present moment. That's where you connect. That's the doorway to what I speak about and that is what I'm going to be teaching
1: and that's what I do teach. So inspiring, so uplifting and I love hearing what you're saying. I really do. You know, it's um this is this is a hard concept for for people who um, have never really embraced really right. any concept like this, but um, I 100% am with you. So, you know, the, in the in the work that I do, which is with people who have been horrendously abused and emotionally abused, um, what I find is that there used to be a time where humanity could trust each other there was a time where we just you know any any stranger we would give the benefit of the doubt to and we just you know opened our arms and our homes to everybody but this is not that world anymore and um, there are a lot of people let's call them the dark side who are trying to take out as many light people as they can And so I have to, in good conscience, um, explain that to everyone, that they have to be very careful with where they shine their light. Um, And that's just a practical way of living, you know, in this physical world. But I completely get what you're saying. So how would you speak to that, Nancy? So,
0: you know, what... (laughs) What I'm getting from my response from that is, well, in the present moment, I, I have actually surrendered. Every, every morning I wake up, I do a self-love pro- process, and then I surrender to this energy. I come into the present moment. I commune with it. I see it. It's actually a tangible force. It's a real force. It hosts everything. It's everywhere. It's outside of me. It's inside of me. It's in inanimate objects. So like my desk that I'm sitting at in this phone that I'm talking on, it's in that too. So it's in everything. So when you commune and you give your, you surrender to it and you become the vehicle through which it flows through, it's almost, you transcend what you just said. And yes, do I trust all men? No. But I emanate this force, which is so powerful. It becomes, it is the force. It's not becoming. It is the force that creates worlds, and it's flowing through me right now. So I surrender to it. I stand in this light. And if there are people that are, are not going to receive it, okay, suffer. But you stay in your light, and then you can suffer. That's your choice. We each have a choice. I just stand for this goodness, and I feel so powerful that I have this force I have surrendered to become the vehicle for this force to work through. Now, how powerful is that? Almost what you're saying is a non-issue for me because okay. I've surrendered to this force that is is the force that creates worlds. So how right. does it stand up to one negative person or two negative people or, you know, millions of negative people? It doesn't. It doesn't stand up to it. And I have the confidence, the certainty, and the strength to stand in my power, in that power, that flows through me. So yes, I do I trust all human beings? No, I do not. Um, there are people who have not woken up. They've forgotten to who they are. Inside of them, everyone has the essence. Inside of them, everyone is created the same. The only difference is that I'm aware of what I'm creating and what I'm here to do, and And I'm aware of this force flowing through me. That's the only difference. Everybody is creating the same with the divinity flowing through them. But if they don't know it, if they can't commune with it, if they can't see it or tap into it, they're not going to have one ounce of the power as I do and I hold. And that's where I'm here to light everybody else's light, to show them the beauty they are. and. They don't have to suffer like I did for years and years of floating <laughs> this way, flitting that way, not knowing what the hell life was about. Right. Why do these things happen? I have a special needs daughter. She was born in 1999. And when she was born, I was on the path of seeking. I just didn't find I hadn't found Jed Amali or any of the teachings. I just was meditating at the time, and I was a Reiki master, which, you know, opened up things. Like I would hold my daughter for hours a day, giving her Reiki, um, trying to change it. But I suffered because I felt like I had created it, and I was responsible for it. um, Because uh, it's a long story. It's in the book, but... um, I had tried to get pregnant for about five years before I actually did, and then when I was pregnant, I didn't know it. And I went wine tasting for like five days in California and drank a lot of wine. And then when she had her issues, which are genetic, um, it could very well be that that caused it. So I took responsibility, and I went into a deep depression. And then somewhere along the lines I found this, you know, through my own suffering, through my own path of pain and, you know, taking responsibility for that, I found the solutions. And everything dissolves within this light. So, you know, she's here to teach me. I did a numerological reading on her. She has zero lessons to learn in this life. Wow. She's here to teach me, my husband, anyone else who she comes in contact with. And so it's... Um, you know, when you look at it from that way and everything's perfect, you see like, wow, she's here to strengthen me because it is not. You, you, you cannot be strengthened unless you have adversity and figure out how to deal with it, what's the meaning, why is it there, how do we transform it, and it is the light that transforms it and makes it a beautiful gift to be open and explored, not to be shunned or run, run away from it, It's to open it up, embrace it, love it, because that is what life's about, learning to love everything that our mind labels as adversity or difficulties or Mm -hmm. lacking, missing, or wrong.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a beautiful way. I love the way you express yourself. Um, I think we may have a caller. sometimes people call in and are just listening, but let me check and see if this person okay. has a question for you, okay? All right, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, good morning. Are you um, calling to ask Nancy a question, or are you calling just to listen? Are you there? Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I didn't know if you were doing readings or that kind of thing.
1: Readings? No, we're not doing readings. No. Oh. Okay. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. Thank you. Okay. So, um, okay. So this is um, yeah. Now I I know. I'm just resetting my resetting my thought process. Okay. (laughs) What is the way? The best way for us to begin to make this connection? I. Okay, I'm going to explain. I, I like to define it first, so um,
0: because people are going to say, "Well, what what is what are you saying is trust?" So divine trust. If you look up trust in the Webster Dictionary, it's beautiful. It's it says it's the firm belief in the reliability, strength, or truth of a thing. In this case, source energy, the universe, God, whatever name you give it, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't it doesn't It doesn't matter whatever name you give this energy that's hosting all of life. It actually goes beyond that. Instead of belief, belief kind of makes it seem like it's based on faith, like you have to reach out and you have no proof of it. It's not real. You'll never know it's real. You'll just have to believe it's real. So at first, maybe the first time you reach out to it from the way I'm going to explain you're, you are reaching out in faith, believing and trusting my words, my way of being, and my conviction, and my certainty. So my light is holding its light for you so that you, I like light your own light. So once you reach out to it and you see it's there, and it's all in my book, I give um, meditations and exercises for you to actually see it. So you reach out to it in the present moment. You have to first, one, decide that you are going to do this. Two, you have to allow it. You have to allow this energy, a new way of being to come in because it's going to be something new. It's not going to be anything you've, you've really concretely felt or experienced before this. You might have, you, once you get there, you see, oh, my God, this really is familiar, but I just never saw it because, I didn't realize what I was seeing or feeling or experiencing. So you have to be willing and allowing. Then you relax. You come into the present moment. And I always say I I try to meditate people. I try to get them to breathe, and I Have them use their mind to actually bring them into the present moment. And I have them breathe in like a circle, like with their eyes closed, envision a circle. And as you breathe up, you come from the bottom of the circle up the left side to the top. And as you breathe out, you go down the right side. So as you give your mind a thing to do with your eyes closed and you breathe, just imagining this, breathe in and then breathe out it brings you into the present moment and you keep i have people keep doing that and then i gently guide them to with their eyes closed to sense or look forward in front of them they'll probably see um like a dark space with light in it you know i have different slide I have a slide presentation that i try to give them a mental construct first before i take them through this for their inner senses to start to come on board, but basically, with your eyes closed, you're closing off your human senses, your eyes, your ears, your sensations, and you're opening up your inner senses, your eyes, your inner eyes, your inner sight, your inner hearing, your inner sensing and feeling and knowing. And then you look and you see, is this space in front of me? Is it inert? Is it airspace or does it sense is it alive does it know you're there and once you see that it's actually alive and it wants you to see it it's patiently waiting for you every time you do this for you to see it for you to know it for you to commune with it for you to see that it is you and you are it and gain your power and once you see how benevolent and warm and nurturing and caring and generous and kind and forgiving and giving and forever giving it is, you You get nurtured by it. You see it's delicious, it's powerful, it's uplifting, it's beloved, it's It's just bliss, and it's so nurturing and feeding for your soul that you like, oh, my God, I'm addicted to it. I want to come back to this every single day. And yet, we're not meant to be here every single day. We're meant to take that into our humanity, into this time-space reality, and live it. So very, very finessed what I'm saying here because... When I first saw it, I wanted to stay there my whole life and just blend into it, surrender into it, and never come out. But that's not the point of having this physical body. We, we chose to be here on the planet right now. We chose to be experiencing this, to be here alive right now, to be hearing these words right now, to be waking up right now, to be living this right now. And why? Why? <clears throat> It's because we are up-leveling. We are evolving as humanity. We cannot not. That is the expressed fabric of all of creation is onward, living more and better and purer and, and more of who we are. And just a very interesting aside, whenever you meditate, your DNA strands unravel. And when they unravel, they can express more of your your genetic, human genetic makeup. And what does that mean to all of what I'm saying? Well, when you do an experience such as this, which is a meditative experience where you relax and you come into a moment and your DNA unwinds and unravels and you can express more, we're actually becoming superhuman. Um, able to do more, able to know more, able to see more, experience more, be more, and that is the evolution of humanity, which i 'm being shown, is you know why a lot of these things are happening right now, and who doesn't want this i mean really if you if you feel like you are serving the dark, wouldn't you want to switch over to the light after hearing that it's like so
1: fantastic and magical and it is. Powerful. it is, And we're, we're, yeah, we're, we are. We're all upgrading. Um, mm-hmm. We're moving. We're transitioning from the third dimension to the fifth dimension. And it's going to be very, very different. And some people are in both at this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some people are completely in the fifth. Some people are completely in the third. Um, but all of us are feeling this upgrade. All mm-hmm. of us. We're all going through it. Right. Um, it is it is such a beautiful thing. I mean, uh, the way that you say it, how could how could anybody deny that? <laughs> you know, it's right. like Oh I wanna be there. It's like like, you know, fairyland, you know, I'm <laughs> it sounds so right. perfect. You know, right. what what's interesting is, um, you know, my uh faith and my belief and all of this is Incredibly strong, incredibly strong. I mean, I, I'm completely um, immersed in both the physical and the spiritual world, completely. But, you know, I've never had a magical experience like you um, have mentioned. And I always thought about that. I thought, well, why don't I have that? And then I determined that I don't have it because I don't need it. I accept it. I, it's, it's me. It's part of me. They don't have to show me anything like that. So mm. I don't know that everybody um, has these visions or these messages coming through. Um, what is your opinion on that? Well, I,
0: I think that um, when it's ready, and I don't think it's for everyone, I think that sometimes... Um, we're here to serve in a certain way, and sometimes we're here to serve in another way, and everything is perfect. So if everything is perfect, what you're feeling is, is perfect for you. But what I do, I have noticed a lot in my, um, we do group mentoring with a lot of people with Jetta, and I notice that people, when they try too hard, they don't experience, they don't see. It's when they relax and allow it that they see these amazing things and beauty, and it's just so exquisite and blissful. But I don't think it's necessary. You obviously, Randy, know that there's beauty and light, and you hold to it, and you're firm in it, and you're certain of it. And that's what you teach. And, I mean, I've listened to your your podcast, Clear the Light is Coming Through You, and you commune with it. Whether you say it or verbalize it, like me, um, you know, it's not the point. It, the point is that you're standing for goodness and love and benevolence right. and, and the light. And right. that you don't have bells and whistles and, and spirit guides that come to you and teach you and show you the way. I mean, it's,
1: you're doing it nonetheless.
0: So with, right. Well, they do. They
1: do. They do. And I do channel information. But it's, there's no big, great big, you know, um, magical moments. It's just with me all the time. It's mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? So I think it's just been with me for my entire life since I was a child. And um, so, you know, it, it's a knowing that I have. But thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So once we... Um, do this kind of meditation and we open ourselves up to um, that space there that's um, in the present moment, Um, then what do we do after that? Do we just listen um, and wait, or how do we proceed? What,
0: What I recommend is that, or what I teach is just look gently whatever you see your inner eyes sense, feel, or know, and just ask it to show itself to you. So, you know, the thing is, Randy. When I first started meditating, I never, I never was shown this way, and it was this specific guide which I told you about. Her name is Jada Molly. She would um, hold her light, and you actually could be guided through it and see it. It wasn't. I would never have seen it if it wasn't for her. Wow. So it almost like you need a specific guy to just start you on the path
1: so mm. that you can see it
0: yourself and just okay. experience okay. it and then you're like, Oh my god, there is that energy
1: in there front it, of me. There it is. Right.
0: Um So do you yeah. is that what you is that what you teach
1: others to yeah.
0: do? I do okay. and Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, there, um, I, I want to share one instance of a, a Parkland student who was really having an anxiety attack, and she came into my orthodontic practice, and she um, said that she was having a very bad day, and all she could think about was Coach Fice and how he had thrown his body in front of everybody to, to save them, and he did save people. And she was just having a panic attack about it. I don't know, you know, I never knew what her experience in the moment was of that. But in my dental chair, I said, just close your eyes. And I I, I made her go into it. I didn't make her go into it. I invited her to go into it. I asked her to explain inside what it looked like, this feeling she was feeling. And she said it was dark and Um, thick and, like, in her chest, and I knew everything that she was experiencing because I can read energy as well, and I used my light. I said, okay, let's stay with it. Let's just breathe into it. Within about a minute, I asked her to explain it again, and she said, well, it was turning lighter. She could see, like, sparkling light. It was getting lighter. It was, like, now gray. It went from dark to gray, so we stayed with it. And I could see it dissolve. So I was just using my light of my consciousness. So you take consciousness in the present moment with this, and you stand firmly and you look at whatever your mind's labeling as, you know, a panic attack or negative or whatever. So after about, I would say, about two or three minutes, I could see it completely dissolved. And I asked her, I said, what do you see now? She goes, well, it all It's gone. It's completely gone. It turned to sparkling light and kind of, like, dissolved away. I can see everything that was happening inside her. And then when we finished that, like, three minutes later, she was a completely different person. The panic attack was gone. She was breathing slowly. She was calm. She was collected. And that is exactly what the light of consciousness holding firm and certain can do. And now I'm hoping that she can do that for others because I showed her the way to do it. So it didn't just happen to me either. I was shown the way. So it's almost like something that's a chain reaction. We teach it, and then we go out and we teach others. It's holding our light so that we turn our light on for others, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's kind of how it's very different. The way I teach is a very different experience than anything I ever had before I met my teacher. She is just the most fantastic person, and she enables you to be able to go to anything inside and just evaporate it and melt it into the beauty and the light that it
1: is. Yeah. So... Um, what kind, do you work one on one, or do you work with groups? I do.
0: I I'm doing everything. In August, I'm starting to go to Parkland and volunteer for anyone who still feels unsettled by the events. Um, I I suspect it. You know, the techniques I teach virtually are you know ubiquitous. They work on everything, no matter what it is, whether it's you know abuse from a narcissist versus a trauma from, you know, the Parkland shooting. Um, it works on everything. And I will be working one-on-one, but there's power in people hearing these words. I I mean, I, I think if I did one-on-one, I would not be doing the world a service. I am available for that, but I really see myself working in small workshops so I can turn the light on on other people and hold the light so that their light comes on and they become certain it's all about starting this this chain reaction almost of the light coming on on the planet. you know it's on it's starting to get more and more, and this is like I'm being shown it lights up virtually two thirds to three quarters of the whole planet
1: oh wow, that's so wonderful
0: I'd like to see and big um, convention centers um, and small groups. Um, That's where I'm I'm really, really looking forward to working with Parkland um, uh, citizens, or I don't know what you want to say, people who have been disturbed by what happened in Parkland and um, really helping transform it. Because it is a pivotal experience that can wake up the whole city, the whole country, the whole planet, if, if we're shown how to do it. And that's kind of what I'm here to do.
1: Well, thank you for that. Um, I'm sure that, I mean, I feel it. I feel your energy today. It's, it's really beautiful. Mm. What, um, how is the, uh, the next sort of next generation or next grouping of kids that are in uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas? Um, are they are they feeling the um the sorrow from what happened to the previous kids
0: I um I'm sure some of them are I'm am so I'm thinking there are kids that are you know were younger than the 14-year-olds that were freshmen that year that you know right. they so I I think the whole the whole community there are parents that if they heard me speak like that, they would think I was completely off. Like, where the hell am I coming from? They're right. just not ready. They can't see it. They can't flip it to see, to see beyond it. So that's where the light, those are the people who are going to need this light. They're going to need some one-on-one um, experience of this energy source to see um, how there's nothing bad. That ever happens. It's all serving the light to to evolve us, to push us, to ask us. You know, do we want to continue like this? So I think there are many people that are still suffering, and and the younger kids. Um, I'm going to be putting it out there to work with like 14 year olds and upwards to like 28 year olds in um, Parkland, but certainly welcome. Anyone who's interested, who who wants to hear this, who wants to learn a new way of being, and um, be part of the transformation that's that's going right on right now on the planet.
1: And your website is trustthedivine.com.
0: Yes, trustthedivine.com. And if um, someone is interested in um, buying the book. The book is Divine Trust: A Practical Guide to End Your Suffering and Find Your Way Home. And if they order it and then put their Amazon number, you can buy it in Amazon. Um, it's in the form of paperback, Kindle, or Audible, which was, um, which I spoke myself, um, which was a whole
1: nother. Wow! <laughs> crazy thing I, for I me. Have... Yeah, I have an Audible book. That is quite a feat. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, that took like
0: six months to be able to do that. But anyways, it's available there and if they um, go to divinetrustbook.com, they can get all kinds of free gifts. One of them is a meditation that they can see if they want to, you know, work with me one-on-one or have me speak to their group. Um, It's called um, Divine Trust. It's it's really nice. I did it out in my – I live in a beautiful place that's almost like a retreat. I did it outside, and you'll hear sandhill cranes squawking <laughs> in the background, but it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then there's also a, a workbook from um, a good friend of mine, Marcy Scheimoff. It's called Happy for No Reason, and a beautiful healing meditation from Dr. Sue Morder, another light on the planet, both lights on the planet. So there's a lot of free gifts they can get with that if they put it in there. And then if if they're not even inspired to do that, but they just want to see, if they go to trustthedivine.com, on the bottom of the page is a is a link to a free meditation called um, "You Are Beautiful." I just love that because it's it's such a delicious meditation where you know we're so hard on ourselves. It just Gives yourself a little vacation from that and takes you directly into a state. It's like the meditation is only like twelve minutes, but okay, when you good. get out of it, you're like, "Oh my God, I'm so beautiful, I'm so perfect." And it's just, uh, it's, it's so yummy. And I like to have free, lots of free things to give away so people can, can see. I, I I'm, yeah, as you can probably guess, I'm not about the money. <laughs> I'm about no. service. And transformation and love and this divine goodness that's all around us. And we just need a little, you know, maybe encouragement or spark to see it ourselves, that we are it. Each of us are it.
1: Yes. Well, obviously, you've been brought to me and brought to my listeners um, to show us this light. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. I think you know this is this is an amazing message for a lot of my listeners are really struggling with how to move forward in their life and this is a an amazing message um for them to hear another way to look at life or or beyond life really actually you know it's it's like um I know that we are eternal I know that you know, we're just here experiencing a physical experience, but yet, you know, when we lose someone, when someone passes, even if we know where they're going and know they're in a better place, it's still we still have this physical loss of this person not being around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's um we. We can't lose our humanness. We can't lose our, our grounding here. So, You know, I've, ha- I've known people who, who start developing um, their connection to spirit and sort of just lose their grounding. How do you not, how do you be in both places? How do you not lose your grounding and just sort of go off into this world where it's mm-hmm. um, so blissful? so when I first started
0: working with Jetta, you know, that's what she would have us spend like a month on each chakra. And when we would get to the sixth chakra, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so blissed out. I'm so at home here. I just, I just want to go there and never come out. And she's like, well, that is not why you're here. I'm here to tell you you're not here to do that. You're here to bring that light that certainty, that knowing here to the planet. And so that that's what we're here to do. We're here on the planet for a reason. And to stay blissed out is not, not it. Oh my God. Okay, an autobiography of a yogi. The most powerful yogi the Paramahansa cites is not his yogi, but his yogi's yogi. And why? It's because this yogi that he cites is the most powerful has um, a job on a railroad, has a family, <laughs> has children. All the other yogis have monostatic lives. They live in an ashram. They have no children. They have no job. They just um, exist to meditate.
1: Right.
0: Whereas this yogi had a life where he had to trans- transcend that to still take all the trappings of humanity and enlighten it. And this yogi um, in the book, the the yogi is meditating, this most powerful one, and his wife comes in and he's meditating and he's levitating like three feet off the ground and she starts bowing to him. And (laughs) that's why Paramahansa Yogananda cites this one specific yogi as the most powerful because he is bringing the light into the everyday human experience.
1: Experience. That oh. impacted
0: me so profoundly that I said, that's why you might hear my daughter tantruming in the background. Do you hear her?
1: She
0: no needs, and she's knocking on the door and, you know, telling me to get off
1: the phone.
0: And I'm like, I am transcending this <laughs> message of light here right now. So this is how, I mean, at first... I had a difficult time, but then my teacher taught me of ways of bringing it and grounding this energy and using your body as a vehicle to express. It's just so beautiful. I can't wait to share this. This is very, very advanced. And not so much, I mean, she started me on it, but I was shown directly from source. I mean, right now, my most powerful teacher, my most direct teacher, is source energy itself. It's showing me. It's teaching me. It's guiding me. It's telling me. Um, this one-on-one communion, I tell you, it's just so profound and, and and it's just just waiting to burst out into this planet. So um, I know that these words might sound a little bit fanciful, but they're not. It, it's, this is how I'm being shown humanity is to work with the highest potential of each. Human being, being able to express this power, their power, and their unique way and their unique beauty, but yet with the source of love and benevolence flowing through Can you imagine what kind of planet we're going to have when we're all acting like this, or the majority are acting like this? I mean,
1: it, it cannot come. To, it cannot come too soon. Well, I'm <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> how
0: long it'll take. I, you know, I'm I'm hoping I'll make inroads in my
1: lifetime, but
0: um I know that it'll eventually happen.
1: Right. So, it yes. will. It absolutely yeah. will. We're all moving in that direction, Nancy. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. this with us. Um So, yeah, everybody can pick up a copy of Divine Trust, mm-hmm. go to Nancy's website, trust the divine.com and get her free gifts listen to her meditations and um, and get some bliss in your life <laughs> it sounds wonderful so um, I, you know I do want to mention Nancy that I know you had a lot of um, experiences in Maryland in with school and things like that that's where I'm originally from so you and I have mm-hmm. a lot of connections <laughs> Maryland and then down here so um, yeah. yeah just wanted to say that okay Well, have a beautiful, blissful day. Have have a wonderful day, and thank you for sharing all this with us today. Oh, Randy,
0: many blessings to you and all your listeners, too, and may the light be shown through them as well. Yeah. Thank you. I hope everybody knows their light. It's so beautiful. Yes,
1: I hope so, too. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, have a a wonderful day. Take care. Okay. Thank you. You, too. Bye-bye.
0: Are you?